our roles here, I'm responsible for uh, for marketing for the company, and we have a pretty uh, uh, significant investment and focus on ensuring that the developer community is supported, and hence the TAG uh, runs that initiative for us. Uh, so that's uh, kind of between two of us, those are our roles. Um, Redis today is, uh, you know, an almost uh, eight, eight and a half year old uh, technology that started out as a remote directory service. And, and that was the, the original in, uh, intent that Salvatore had for the technology. Uh, today, Redis has become a, what we are calling a multi-model, full, fully full-fledged data store uh, that uh, has been historically perceived to be a cache and a key value store. But, but that is a, a more of a legacy and a misperception. The reality is that uh, Redis today is applied as a as a full, uh, you know, full-on uh, database that not only supports key value, but uh, this construct of data store gives it the most flexibility of any database. Um, the power of NoSQL, so it's schema-less, of course, on write and gives you the flexibility on read. Uh, but more importantly, the efficiency that comes from these pre-packaged operations, which are within these data structures, you know, strings, hashes, sorted sets, and so on, uh, gives the developer a time to market that eclipses anything else that's out there. Uh, instead of having to conjure up the code right from scratch, they have many of these building blocks that can work in conjunction with each other, uh, giving it uh, you know, a very, very complex implementation in a simplistic manner. So that flexibility gives it time to market. But the second piece, uh, because they're written in C, C++, uh, what you get with it is, is significant performance. Uh, we have demonstrated and benchmarked uh, you know, very easily uh, in, in a million plus, but the high end, two and a half million operations per second with sub-millisecond latency. And, and in, in, in not only is it performance, but it performance in a very efficient manner. Uh, so some of the testing we have done, we've delivered, you know, three, 400,000 operations per second on a two-node footprint, as opposed to having to need uh, 50 on an alternate or a 300 on our data stacks environment. Um, so it's very fast, uh, quick time to market, requires very, very limited uh, in kind of the underlying infrastructure, so it's very efficient. So combination of those things has made Redis incredibly powerful and popular. Uh, I don't know if you uh, if you saw, but uh, one of the recent surveys done by Stack Overflow, it uh, it came up as the most loved database uh, in uh, 64,000 respondents to that survey. Uh, so that's uh, we don't take all the credit for it, but we take some some credit as the company behind uh, behind Redis. Let me let me pause there and see if you have any questions. On that. Yeah, I just because I mean I am one of these people that has generally thought of Redis as the the key value store because that's where I've seen it used. So. I, I'm just trying to find a little bit more explanation on um, on uh, in your documentation. I haven't quite found it yet, so maybe you could just explain a little bit more about what you said and meant in how you can use Redis as a more conventional database. The, you mentioned something that I, I just wouldn't mind unpacking in a bit more detail. All right, we can talk about data structures, uh, and that might. Be- Way to talk about kind of where it differentiates itself. Yeah. yeah. Um, so one of the big things you get with Redis that you don't see in other databases is a variety of data structures and many familiar data structures like strings, sets, um, sorted sets, lists, 
bitmaps, all of that. And you can combine those things in various different ways to support a variety of different use cases. So it really goes quite far beyond the key value paradigm that most people are familiar with. So uh, uh, there are also. Sorry, carry on. Yep. Yeah. Uh, there's also um, a lot of support for uh, geospatial data. Uh, so if you're building location sensitive apps. And then there's also a, a subsystem that supports uh, publish and subscribe okay. Uh, okay. for interconnecting okay. apps within your system. Okay. Well, that's certainly uh, probably a useful feature in uh, a lot of the kind of more modern web applications, I guess. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm still just trying to understand quite what these data structures are. So can I think of them as fields or like views or a combination of those two or something else? Or I would think of them as something else entirely. Okay. Um, it's really, uh, it really is like having, you know, a set of items in your database rather than a table. Um, or a list of a list of things, and instead of it being local to one system, it's actually shared amongst all of the nodes in your system. Right. Okay. 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 That makes sense. Okay. Cool. Um, and so you are the original company that created Redis in the first place, as well, or were there someone else involved in the past and it passed to the company, or? a bit of a history. So the creator of Redis, uh, which was an open source project, is Salvatore Sanfilippo. Um, and he started this project on, that was originally sponsored by Pivotal. And about uh, five years ago, uh, Redis, uh, you know, Redis Labs was founded uh, as an independent company uh, with the intention of offering Redis as a, as a service, a database as a service. Uh, and uh, shortly after that, Salvatore Sanfilippo joined Redis Labs. Uh, he's our lead uh, contributor on the open source projects. And, uh, and and the company has now really become what we call ourselves a home of Redis, the largest contributor to the open source, the largest investor. We have a dedicated development arm specifically for open source and so on. And, and, and our offerings, uh, you know, certainly we support the open source, but we have also in parallel developed uh, what we call Redis Enterprise. And the idea is that uh, from an, an application architecture standpoint, you need to pick a data store, and Redis is a great data store. But if you're trying to deploy it in a mission-critical, highly distributed enterprise uh, application, then you may consider the Redis Enterprise version, which has the capabilities and architecture to support distributed clustering. Uh, it has high availability built into it, zero data loss, what we call seamless scaling, not only scale up, but also scale out. Um, and so many attributes that would be, you know, foundational to a mission critical scale deployment. Those are the things we have architected into and above basic data structures of Redis. Uh, and, and we monetize that aspect of our business. And so I, I, in, in my mind, this sounds like a, a moderately sort of uh, typical kind of monetization of open source a, a core product that a core open source project that anyone can use but if you want to scale it and get support and a certain other kind of features that you need at 
a certain scale of project, then you go for the enterprise solution. The kind of reasonably almost yeah yeah almost right with one caveat. Um, so we have very specifically and deliberately decided not to follow the Red Hat model. Okay. <laughs> so if somebody was <laughs> because you know uh, as, as we all know, um, monetizing open source uh, projects has has been. You know, it's, it's almost yet to be proven. Mm. Uh, Red Hat has done that in the context of offering support and services on top of open source platform. We think that model is not uh, necessarily a model that can be replicated for for the new projects on open source. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and hence, uh, if somebody comes to us and say, we're using open source, will you offer support? Our answer is no. Okay. okay. Um, I, uh, our intention is to really... Uh, propagate the technology with the investment in open source and uh, you know, with folks like TAG providing support to the community. However, the product itself that we commercialize is uh, is really a distinct project, uh, product, okay. which is Redis Enterprise, and, and support comes with that, certainly. Okay. And, I mean, I could see um, you estimate probably at least half a dozen thousand paying customers so um or maybe slightly less i'm not 100 percent sure i'm going on some older figures here so um i'll give you uh, i'll give you the latest figures so um you know as i mentioned we have uh, both database as a service as well as an on-premises software offering uh, and in fact uh, we have uh, been very careful to ensure that the deployment models uh, are really available. All models are available to the customer, so they can do a fully managed, multi-tenanted uh, service on a public cloud. Uh, they can do um, a dedicated Redis, uh, what we call Redis Cloud Private, which is uh, in their own, uh, uh, you know, uh, virtual private cloud. Uh, they can do the software and manage it themselves on premise, or they can have the software on premise and we can manage it for them. Right, so we give them all options. Um, we have today uh, a freemium model on the service. 65,000 registered account of which 7,100 are paying customers. And for the on-premises software, we have 200 customers okay. on the on-premises right. software. Okay. That seems a reasonable kind of split, I suppose. Um, maybe just before I continue, just to clarify uh, to anyone who isn't entirely clear, what's the difference between Redis and Memcached? Memcache was the original caching engine, right? And and Redis, uh, you know, in the context of caching, people kind of uh, think of both of them. But but Memcache is really, you know, what we consider we offer, but we consider it as a as a dying uh, breed <laughs> that's uh, taken over by by Redis and, and Redis Enterprise. Um, and uh, just looking down the timeline of kind of announcements, about a year ago you announced uh, a, a way for developers to extend Redis, a, a kind of marketplace, if you like. Um, so how does that work and how can developers get involved and what sorts of of modules have people created so far? Yeah, very, very good uh- um, you know, that announcement was at uh, Redis Conf, which is the annual event, and it's coming up at the end of this month, actually, in San Francisco. We had 650 people last year, attendees last year. We expect about 1,000 this year. So the big announcement at Redis Conf uh, 2016 was modules, uh, uh, which was really a, a simple API that allowed for functionality that has already been developed to be ported onto the Redis data structures such that you could take advantage of the core architecture and performance of the structures 
without necessarily having to customize or uh, or develop specifically for Redis. And and I'll give you some examples. Um, so for example, full text search. You know, companies like Elasticsearch and Solar and others uh, have been around for for some time. What we did was within a matter of three months, uh, we took uh, a Lucene-based uh, search engine, ported it onto Redis, onto this API, and now we have the world's fastest full-text search engine um, that significantly exceeds the performance of Elasticsearch. And, and the idea is, is quick time to market uh, and to deliver the performance and simplicity that Redis is known for, but not necessarily to go and offer a full suite of features on every single functionality. One could, but that's really not the intent. Uh, it is, it's a way of saying, you know, here you have a platform that's simple, extensible, and very, very powerful. And if you have developed a functionality you would like to, you know, improve on, you can port it onto the Redis data structures. And that's the intent of, my, of the Redis modules. Uh, and today, in between what we have done as Redis Labs and what the community has done, there are over 40 open source modules ranging from probabilistic data structures to search to graph to uh, JSON and, and many more uh, that are available on GitHub. You can go in and, and, and download. Uh, um, yeah. Oh. And are they also, are they written in C generally or can they be written in a multitude of different languages or? So the idea is to be extensible for multiple languages. Uh, uh, you know, at the get-go, it is really restricted to C, C++, but the intention is to extend it to Java and, and Go. It supports Go, mm -hmm. uh, and to extend it to, to Java as well. We provide a C developer kit for anyone who wants to extend and build their own module. Yeah. Okay. Um, now, interestingly, I, I just got back... Uh, tonight from a, a Docker meetup here in Berlin, actually. Um, Docker has been something I've always been interested in, and one of the little nuggets that sort of popped up on your site uh, whilst I was just doing some research was um, that uh, you you say, according to a report from Datadog, that um, you are the number one database on Docker. Uh I think that the list that you're referring to wasn't necessarily in uh, any particular order, but anyway, <laughs> we'll, we'll go with it. But the, the interesting thing here, I kind of look down this list and there's, there's you, there's Postgres, there's MySQL, and there's Mongo. So there's, it's, it's all of the top 10 uh, uh, images for Docker. Are, there's quite a few databases in there. I mean... Well, I, so in a, if you go to Docker Hub... Yeah, no, no, no. You yeah. I, yeah, I'm, yeah, not, I'm, I'm not arguing about the, the number. I'm just interested to see kind of that databases on Docker is obviously something that people um, find very important. And I actually, a couple of years ago, I spent some time working for a, a very small, a very small database company who built a solution for Docker. And it was always a challenge because of the kind of... Um, the the ethereal nature of containers and the distributed nature of containers. Um, so I guess, what were some of the challenges that you found in getting Redis to work on something like Docker or was the nature of Redis mean, meant that it always was reasonably straightforward to do that? Or Yeah, it is. Uh, you know, it, the reason why there are 240 folds on, on Docker Hub of Redis versus I think the next one is 80 million or something 
is it's not because we've gone out and, and optimized. Now, we've done certain things, which we'll talk about on Redis Enterprise, uh, to, to make it, uh, uh, you know, uh, to, to ensure that in a highly distributed environment, uh, uh, it, has, it continues to get the benefit of uh, what we've done on the high availability side and so on. But fundamentally, Redis uh, is a, uh, it's really, it has its own container-like architecture that fits very neatly into the microservices world. And which is why it was very, very easy for it to, to fit into what Docker has done uh, and became so popular. Um, uh, so it wasn't that Redis was optimized for the container world. I think Redis was always uh, naturally built uh, that it fit in well. Yeah, and I mean, even outside of um, the container world, I'm sort of, again, looking at some statistics linked from your site and you even come in at number two in the kind of general or slash conventional, whatever we want to call it, um, world, second to MySQL, I guess, which, you know, has been around a, a fair bit longer. So, 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 so in fact... Uh, Just a little, little bit longer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then some would say it's been sticking around a bit too long as well, but <laughs> that's a whole other conversation. Um, so, I mean, one of, the, one of the things I remember from my... Uh, um, experiments uh, traditionally more uh, maybe a year or so ago when I was doing more development work but with Redis was that it was traditionally a, a, an in-memory database and is that is that one of the reasons you think you managed to get that performance or has maybe that were you just one of the first to be possible to be run in memory and now I guess with a lot of the modern server infrastructures the ability to run more things in memory is there anyway, but you were one of the first to, to do it, or is this still a unique selling point that you have? Yeah, um, everything you said is accurate, actually, um, except for we were not necessarily the very first company. Um, you know, a long time ago, uh, Oracle acquired a company called Times 10, and uh, I think they might have been the first, if not among the very first uh, to do in memory, right? However, um, you know, when you combine the run everything in memory with what data structures bring as an extensibility and the ability to layer on the modules, now all of this becomes a super powerful combination. Not only is it fast because it's in memory, but because of this kind of really elegant footprint of the data structures and now the extensibility of modules. Regardless of what your use case is, you you can go down to hundreds of operations per second, and you can scale up to hundreds of thousands of operations per second. Redis is a great, uh, and Redis Labs uh, is a great back for, for that. Um, but one very important announcement uh, that we made also last year was having the ability to balance your workload between in-memory or between RAM and flash. And, and what we were finding was people, of course, enjoyed the performance of Redis in-memory uh, but we're limiting what they could put in memory. Again, the economics were the reason why that uh, kind of uh, the cap on it was holding the usage back. So now what we've done is uh, uh, with uh, DB as a storage engine, uh, we have optimized the performance even when you run uh, on flash. And so you can put hot values and, and hot keys, I mean, keys and hot values in, in RAM and run the cold values in, um, uh, on Flash, giving you an optimization of the performance and the economics that your business case or the use case would allow for. And, and this has become a very, very powerful distinction. 
And, and this is only available on Redis Enterprise. This is not something that's available on the open source. Um, just very quickly, kind of you, you in the in the middle of explaining there, you brought up uh, use cases. So, I mean, as far as I can tell, um, just from memory and from from reading now, that Redis is 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 basically a, a NoSQL style database. So, there's certain use cases that that does and doesn't suit. Um, so what would be classic use cases for Redis and classic use cases that are probably not suited to Redis? Yes, the, the place where we find, and, and we're starting to use the term kind of solutions slash use cases interchangeably depending on the audience, but you know the places where we find significant, uh, I would say, this critical mass of deployments, um, e-commerce and, and classic transactions, right? That's one. Second uh, is personalization, uh, which comes in many different domains, uh, whether you're trying to do a web experience personalization, whether you're trying to uh, do personalization of, uh, uh, you know, in a gaming environment or whatever it might be. Uh, social applications or collaborations, uh, video chats, regular chats and others, uh, things like that. Um, uh, fraud detection, that's become a very important piece, the metering of real-time traffic, uh, and many, many use cases within the construct of IoT um, are important. But, but the common theme across these types of solution use cases is the need for real-time ingest of data. And in many cases, the need to have the analytics serve uh, before you, can, you are allowed to do the transaction or the need to do the transactions and then to run the analytics right in parallel. So a hybrid environment is very important. And, and that's where Redis and Redis Enterprise shines is when you have got really critical, time-sensitive decisions to be made, either for transaction purposes or for analytics purposes or both. Uh, and, and that's where we tend to see the gravity. Now, if you're just doing things that are batch-oriented, uh, you know, that require or have a very precise schema, uh, then I don't think you would benefit much from running uh, on Redis. You could, but you don't need the performance, nor do you need the flexibility, you know, you, you can probably run simpler in a SQL or relational environment. So uh, coming up in a couple of weeks, um, in fact, I was speaking to someone else last night. I do a lot of late night interviews. So sometimes they get a bit, <laughs> I sometimes need to remind myself who I was speaking to, but they were also... Depends on, on if you're aided, if your conversation is aided by the right type of uh, liquid diet. Oh well, I don't know. <laughs> um, so you're you're having your uh, user conference in a couple of weeks, and I'm pretty sure the people I spoke to yesterday were as well. The end of May, beginning of June seems to be like peak conference week. Um, <laughs> um, so, how many times have you run this event? So you know, we we this is a, what we call the third year. There have been on and off events prior to that. Uh, the first year, 2015, uh, we were not the host for it. It was uh, hosted by Rackspace. Uh, we took it on last year, and we intend to continue uh, to, you know, going on from there. And uh, this is our second year hosting the event. And, and, and what, what can people expect? Is it mostly staff speaking, or is it also customers and kind of external developers and the community? What's the sort of form of the event? So we've got uh, over 50 sessions, and less than 10 of those, uh, I think eight of those sessions are actually from Redis Labs. 
Um, you know, we, we go out of our way to make this a very, very community-oriented event, it's, uh, and it's intended to be 100% uh, for developers. Uh, so the speakers, uh, you know, we had called for papers, and we've got speakers from uh, really any company you can think about. Uh, uh, you know, if you've got 50, and I'll give you some examples. So we have Lyft, Netflix, Twitter, Yahoo, Capital One, Home Depot, OpenTable, Square, Google, um, Intel, Redfin. I mean, it's a pretty broad spectrum of folks that are speaking. They're all folks, either they have uh, something unique they've developed with Redis, or they're using it in a scaled manner are kind of the two buckets of things. Uh, or perhaps they developed a brand new module uh, on or for Redis or on Redis, right? Uh, and that's the format of this. Uh, it's meant to be learn from each other, network with each other, and and Redis Labs is uh, essentially the the host for the for the conference. Okay, cool. Um, I mean, in, in essence, Redis hasn't been around that long, really. Eight years in doesn't I don't know. It, it's it's sort of in the worlds of especially NoSQL databases where, especially last year, it felt like someone was making a new one every month. Um, <laughs> it, it's, it's, it hasn't been so much this year. I think people have learned now <laughs> to stop making databases. But, um, you know, in terms, of, in terms of that, eight years seems like a, a longish time. So I would like to sort of ask two questions around that. One, what would you say has been your, in inverted commas, longevity? <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, yeah. and number two, I guess, as as the product develops and and matures and probably is pretty mature already, how do you kind of continue to innovate and and stay ahead of the competition? Um, you know, I think the the reason Redis has gotten the attention and and has sustained its presence and has grown its presence, I think has got to do with the combination of the fact that it's really, really simple to use and it delivers a phenomenal performance. I think the combination of those two things makes it very easy for people to test it, try it, and when they see what they're able to get from it, just stick with it. And I think it, it might sound very big, but, but really that's at the heart of why, why Redis has been so successful. Um, what what we are trying to do with Redis Enterprise is say, great, not only can you try and benefit and, and you know test it out, but you can truly scale this for any mission critical environment. And and I think that's where um, the the penetration within the enterprise environment uh, has become important. And the you know numbers I shared with you on seven seventy one hundred customers um, it makes it feel. As we as we look forward, uh, the question you asked is exactly the question which which we were grappling with almost two years ago, which is you've got lots of use specific architectures and databases that are coming about, and and how does Redis stand the test of time? Uh, and and I think emerged from the conversation was this concept of modules, which is you know if you fast forward. An, an ideal scenario, which I don't think is realistic for any architecture or platform, an ideal scenario is a single platform does all data types, all models for implementation, gives you the ultimate flexibility, is really cheap, works in RAM and on other storage types, uh, and, and you know all permutations to give you low-end performance and high-end, and, and that's what you want, right? If you're a CIO or a CTO or a CDO, your investment can be simplified. Um, what we're trying to achieve with modules is saying, here's a platform that is simple, extensible, and 
highly performant. On this platform, you choose what you want to put on and, and use it for the things it's really good at. And what it's not good at, continue to use whatever else you want, right? So flexibility is ultimately in the hands of the customer that's going to deploy and, uh, and is going to benefit from. And we believe, um, you know, that gives us the ability. So we introduced the machine learning module last year uh, or late last year, early this year. Uh, this uh, At this Redis Conf, you're going to hear something very powerful, which is called Redis Stream. And Salvatore kind of had done some pre-announcement, but, but that's an example of innovating on the same platform and modules. So how do you remain competitive as you continue to serve the needs of the world as it's evolving? And so machine learning was a very powerful one. There was a module for deep learning, our neural networks that was done. Um, the stream of the IoT module, I think, will be equally important. The graph module will be equally important. So we believe this uh, modules architecture allows it to, to, be, uh, to be kind of relevant uh, going forward as opposed to just for today. Yeah, okay, excellent. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting. I think it, it seems that despite the fact that you've added the, 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 the modules, um, you know, the, the product always seems quite nicely focused. Um, you sort of have a good core product and a good way of handling the, the bigger needs that people might have for that. But it's always kind of fairly, fairly clear what Redis is and what it does and how to use it and why you might want to use it. It's not something that tries to sort of just make everybody happy all the time and then end up not really making anybody happy most of the time. <laughs> so, yeah. And, I, yeah. and, I, and, and it's yeah. very easy. It's very easy to get 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 to that endpoint, right? Yeah. Because you're trying to serve a lot of needs. Yeah, and I guess yeah. that's kind of like you know, I mean, obviously it's your own website claiming these things, but they all come from sort of reasonably reputable sources of, of always ranking higher, if not highest, in um, satisfaction and popularity surveys from developers and business. So um, I guess that's uh, you know that. that that's got to be the best, uh, the best indication of, of satisfaction from, from anywhere really. Especially if developers are happy, because they're usually a very, much more skeptical, unsatisfied <laughs> bunch. So, so, but, um, very skeptical. Um, I guess just uh, just to wrap up, is there anything else that you want to make sure is mentioned or uh, to add that hasn't been covered? I think we touched upon important things around modules, um, microservices slash containers, and, and what's coming up is around Redis Stream. That's, that's going to be a very hot topic, and we'll, we'll have a lot of details at the conference. The, the one thing which uh, we haven't talked about, and it's really a, a deployment uh, or an operational issue, uh, which uh, a lot of work has gone on, uh, and, uh, and you know, it will become more clear over the next uh, few months, is, you know, people call it master-master or active-active, which is the ability to um, read in a highly distributed environment at any endpoint, then the ability to, to, to read, uh, write and read at, at any endpoint, right? And at the right level of what you might call consistency and durability. Uh, so you don't have, you know, just like a relational environment, which is, you know, consistent uh, at all times, but you don't have the performance, what we're trying to accomplish is give you the performance, the flexibility, but also give you a tunable consistency so that the data is consistent regardless of where the endpoint might be in a distributed uh, environment. Uh, and then to be able to tune that level of consistency to meet your use case. 
uh, and, and to ensure that the latencies in that environment are not going to disrupt the required consistency among data uh, at different endpoints. So uh, we are deploying something uh, which we call, it's based on a, uh, a well-known architecture or algorithm called CRDP. And, and, and this active, active, uh, uh, when, when fully baked and available in the next couple of months, uh, will, will really change uh, the the dynamics of the NoSQL world because it is not uh, delivered uh, the way we expect uh, to deliver to the marketplace and uh, and I think for many use cases that are highly mission critical and uh, sensitive to the consistency dimension uh, I think we'll uh, will find it to be uh, highly highly beneficial. Excellent. I mean, it sounds like you've got uh, an interesting month. I think early summer uh, there'll be a lot of new announcements to, yeah, to to make Redis even more useful to people in different contexts. So sounds like a good time to have a conversation.